Welcome to the Ross Republic podcast. I'm Adrian, partner at Ross Republic. Today we have a really exciting topic. Um, it's driving successful business transformation programs in banking and beyond. And for that, I'm really excited that we are joined by Andrew Vasco of Seller Group. Thanks for joining, Andrew. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Adrian. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And as I said before, uh, thanks for organizing it really well and doing all of the prep work. Um, uh, it's, it's lovely to be here. Amazing. Thanks for taking the time. So um, Andrew is currently the Chief Transformation Officer at Seller Group. And uh, just to introduce that for the listeners that haven't heard of Seller Group before, it's an independent Italian company with both branches in Italy and abroad. And the company has a long-standing history for innovation. Uh, you can see that it's an open enterprise um, because it actually operates very diverse business lines. Uh, and I want to mention some of them and we can maybe later on uh, talk about some of these because I think it's actually quite interesting. So obviously uh, there's banker, Bank Seller, um, an Italian bank, uh, but then also a lot of different businesses around the bank. For example, um, a leader in Italy in the e-commerce industry called Axurf, which, uh, which is an e-commerce solutions uh, for also international platform for payments. Hype, which I would say is looked like a nail bank, uh, a way to manage money through an app for the smartphone. Then already 10 years ago, um, Sella was uh, launching at the Sella Lab, uh, an innovation center based uh, in Italy, dedicated to startups and corporate businesses. Then in 2017, Sella Fabric, um, the first open banking API platform. And I actually, in preparation for this call, I checked out the API documentation. And I would even say it's, it's way more than an open banking platform. It's, it looks really like embedded finance now, so super interesting. And there's also the FinTech district, the first Italian FinTech ecosystem. And I think I just scratched the surface with these the, the many more initiatives. Uh, so it's a very interesting approach. So uh, I'll definitely ask Andrew a few questions about this in a minute. But Andrew, um, I would give the word to you. And uh, if you, for the listeners that don't know Sella in your own words, how would you describe the company? What makes it unique um, in a few words? Yeah. So. Um... I think the most important here that the Seller family itself has a very deep history of innovation, a deep history of innovation, mountaineering and supporting country and society. I think, and this is the reason why I joined the company, didn't join the bank, I joined the philosophy. And if I tell you the story, yeah. if you give me like 30 seconds, at some stage, somebody suggested me to meet with a person who is very, uh, very visionary and knows a lot about banking and future and the banking. We actually met in London and we had a breakfast and discussion was very interesting. So we talked about the fact that traditional banking is losing to large tech companies like Amazon, like Google. Banking needs to change. We need to break down banking and create ecosystem otherwise the banks will die yeah. because they have no future so we've agreed on philosophy and then i asked by the way what do you do and he told me well i'm the ceo of the banking group that's the story behind if the question is why i joined it's the philosophy behind yeah makes sense i understand that's really interesting um, and also looking at your uh like the companies that you worked for so far uh including ing MetLife, Intellishow Group, New Day, now Sella, um, all related to finance and banking. Um, you just mentioned a little bit the, the challenges and the change that is coming to that industry. Uh, but is there anything in particular that that uh, you know excites you about this whole industry that you um, actually worked in? That yeah, I, I think again it's philosophy behind because I truly believe in helping society, and there are two things that uh, where we need to help people 
it's health, like physical health and financial health. Whether with uh, physical health, we've got standard institution doing it. Unfortunately, traditional banking that way was set up had the role of transformation. You know what role of transformation? Take money at X and lend it at X plus. So the role yeah. of transforming uh, banking or financial services so that actually adds value to people and add, adds value to society. That's my personal goal. Yeah, no, fully, fully agree. I think uh, also healthcare and finance is uh, one of the few sectors where you can really create a shift and impact. Uh, yeah. Um, and second question, uh, quickly also about you. Um, how would you define the role of a transformation officer? And you mentioned already, maybe it's difficult to say that there's one recipe or one strategy you can apply all the time. It's probably different every time, but uh, how would you describe your approach there? Uh, I would say there is no recipe to apply every time because uh, you have to, and starting point is always understanding the culture, culture of the company, culture of the group, what happened in the past history, and then look at the environment, what's happening. Because if I do, did this job uh, 10 years ago, five years ago, and now, answer is slightly different. So it's like being adaptable, but I think the culture is in the middle, culture and people. We don't transform banking, we help people to transform banking. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that description. Um, so cool. I think we can jump right into into the topic. Um, and uh, broadly, in this episode, uh, so we want to discuss the opportunities for transformation. Um, so what what are the big changes that are coming, and how how especially you see um, the banking industry can react to it. Um, and then specifically, um, maybe also a little bit examples from Group Seller. Uh, I mentioned some of them already, um, how you drive the execution and, 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 and growth actually through it, I would say quite unique approach to have such diverse uh, ecosystem uh, inspired business lines. Um, but usually, so when, when we have traditional bankers on the podcast, there are a lot of topics that keep them busy at night. Um, so just to mention a few of them, I would say in the past, banks were quite protected in the way they operated. Regulation, you know, most banking activities are regulated, so mm -hmm. that's a big barrier to entry. But also technology, it costs millions to set up the IT systems, usually for a bank. Um, and consumers, they just kept banking with the banks they used to. And actually, all these three are changing now. Regulation, open banking, I mentioned it in the intro, breaks up banks, opens up the data. Technology, cost comes way down with cloud APIs and so on. And consumers, as you said, also Amazon and all the others, they are going into banking now. Um, I would be curious to hear from your side, how, how do you see these changes happening now? Yeah, I, I think a very good introduction. If I knew the answer, I would be billionaire, but um, let me try to make it a little bit simpler. I think the biggest uh, challenge in advance is with the companies that have access to large uh, groups of people like Amazon, uh, Google, Spotify, Netflix, this is starting point. They are, already have uh, destination, they build destination and there is trust, that's number one. Second one, yeah. there is enormous, about, enormous amount data they know about us, Google knows everything. When you take picture, when you move, Amazon knows what you buy. So their power is actually data driven. So I'm not scared of any banks, like I don't consider any bank a competitor in the world. Only one reason, none of the banks knows enough about us as consumers 
as these big groups. Where competition comes, and it's healthy competition, like in tennis, you always want to play with the stronger players so you get better, is the fact that by having intimate relationship with the customer and knowing about every step, they can predict what, your, what our next step will be. And while they're not directly going into banking, uh, they work with banks right now, they can actually disturb the market and create a completely different experience in terms of banking, where banking finance payments will be embedded in our day-to-day -day life, like invisible finance, yeah. invisible banking. And this is something that banks cannot do because as you described, the older bank is the harder to change because all of the investments are made in technology, in people, and people know this technology and quite often technology architecture reflects organizational structure, right? So you can't change one without yeah. one. So the cost of change is too high. So the only way to go forward is to open up and move to ecosystem approach where ecosystem approach is different. You decide what your core businesses and core business is customers, products, making life better and partnering with companies that can do technology and other products better. So it's moving from inward yeah. focused, inward innovation to open innovation. And that's pretty much the answer. And that's the approach our group take, mm -hmm. took. Not only this, we actually build services that we open offer to our competitors. Yep. Interesting. So yeah, I fully agree. So it's it's um, um, also looking back a little bit. Uh, there was a time, like let's say, the last five years, where everyone was a little bit scared of neo banks and fintechs. But I would consider them also part of the banking industry. The impact they had also in Europe is not that significant. Where everyone was first of all saying, "Oh, banks are losing out," and Revolut and Number Twenty Six, they will win. Um, it doesn't look like that anymore, right? But but hey, if if we can pause for for a second, it's actually a very good point. So what what uh, neo banks or digital banks did? They captured audience, digital audience. I myself lived and worked in six countries. If you look at my phone, there would be about twenty banks that I use. Right. Yeah. However, uh, the loyalty with the digital banks is absolutely low because it's ease of use. And unfortunately for digital bank, and you mentioned Revolut or Monza, they're still losing money. I think uh, only Starling in UK um, demonstrated they can make really yeah. good money. Uh, why? Because it's not easy. You actually have to combine what digital banks do with the large audience that traditional and depth of products that traditional banks do. And that's where yeah. alternative large companies like Amazon can do it because we're talking about hundreds of millions of people as their customer base and they yeah. can allow themselves to work with traditional banks and digital banks. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. So I fully agree. So, so these uh, nail banks, what they did mostly is just provide a really great digital customer experience. Um, but ultimately, they were quite limited in the products um, that they could offer. It's, it's basically taking existing banking products and wrap them into a really nice app and really nice onboarding experience and so on. Um, yeah, but that alone is often not enough to, to really become profitable and justify also the valuations that they got. So, so that, that story is kind of closed, I think. Um, and, and the banks catched up, so they also have nice apps now. So there's not a, that big of a gap anymore between, let's say, uh, Amonzo and uh, Lloyd's or HSBC. Or but, but they apps. played their role. And, uh, and, um, 
they played a very important yeah. role of showing that certain things can be done digitally. They were brave. Also yeah. with the help of chief innovation officer, which is called COVID, right? That helped to transform most yeah. of the companies. Yeah, true. Yeah, COVID, COVID itself was also actually a great transformation program, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, of course, but um, it had, had to move every, everything online because no, you couldn't meet anyone. Yeah. And, and um, also what you mentioned about embedded finance is I think that's what that's one more, the point I wanted to make. I think it's not the neobanks that were actually the big threat uh, over the long term. It's actually more this whole wave of embedded finance, as you just mentioned, that you have more and more comp uh, companies which are outside of banking that bring banking into context. Yeah, yeah and uh, embedded finance is an interesting one. If And here it's one of those uh, rare examples where I use history to look back at myself because normally I look forward. In 2005, when I was in Australia, yeah. I worked with ING Direct and we built a concept. Uh, I was helping. This was a brilliant team. I was helping uh, with the concept yeah. of bank in a box. Like there is a big fat bank. How do you create small instance and deploy it quickly? That's 2005. 2015, actually, the same person asked me to come to ING and work on taking this concept, put it in, in the cloud, back then private cloud, and do it across 30 plus countries, yeah. right? So this is the transition, still traditional banking. Now, so I just came back from a conference in Vienna three weeks ago, where all of the large banks uh, were uh, coming together, and a concept is completely different. So banks suddenly realize that they want to be banks, they want to focus a product, and they want technology providers who will provide these uh, platforms that is capable be be beyond one country, because they spend hundreds of millions to maintain it, but where banks and, and yeah. uh, banking as a service is focusing on is creating seamless invisible experience for large affinity group likes of spotify likes of amazon likes of walmart if you want credit as you buy or as you sell as merchant it's there it's invisible when you buy you need credit it's invisible so the whole concept of banking now is changing and it's interesting because bank used to say yeah. we are the tech company now there is actually a little bit yeah. reverse move yeah yeah yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think a little bit of tech you still need to keep um, for, for to play in embedded finance. Of um, and I think it's also one of the biggest biggest questions uh, you need to ask yourself: how to what role in the value chain you want to play in embedded finance. So, so you just mentioned ING. Um, one example that I that I really like is um, is their partnership with Amazon in, in Germany, for example, where if you're selling products on Amazon, um, you uh, you for example get a personalized loan offer directly on the screen in in Amazon, basically uh, showing your loan based on your on your revenue that you make through Amazon. So these things I think will happen more and more. Um, but the banks themselves, they need to, of course, have this huge mindset shift that they don't control everything anymore, but provide great products and give that to platforms. to Product to license and yeah. analytics data. Data is, is uh, I will not use gold. Data is where the value is, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, like in our case, where yeah. you mentioned, that's the purpose of Fabric. So there is a traditional bank with banking yeah. license. We've got the platform in Fabric is like plumbing that connects everyone b2b b2c including P using psd2 and psd3 that will come so this is exactly the combination yeah. that is very symbiotic yeah so everyone should do yeah. what they do best and work together 
So, in fact, I joined the group and uh, uh, for the strategy that is called One Seller. And you know what it says? Stronger yeah. together. And this is exactly the future yeah. of financial services. Stronger together, but working with partners and ecosystem. Yeah, super interesting. So, so the position that you take there is, is basically that you provide the, you have the license, you have the, um, the, the product and you focus on analytics. And then do, is your personal opinion that the banks would then be the ones that are, let's say the product experts, but then help others like platforms that you mentioned to actually distribute it or, um, because I, I always see that kind of, yeah. I think that would be a combination of banks and fintechs and uh, yeah. uh, companies like Fabric working together to create offering uh, for the market. Uh, I, I don't believe one single yeah. bank or one PSD company can do it on its own because we're entering complex world of customer journeys. Yeah. And customer journey is not about yeah. bank, it's not about PSD too. I'm buying the car, I'm buying the house, I need insurance, I have a baby. I'm shopping online yeah. and as I go through this customer journey, it has to be seamless. So you know, need to know who yeah. I am as a customer. You need to control customer journeys and at each interaction, you have to invisibly get these products to me as a customer. And, and I truly believe that's the future. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I'm totally with you there. Um, but this, I, I would challenge you on that to, to for example these this customer uh point of view and this customer journey thinking i always feel like it's so new to the banks and the traditional bankers which um which which think in margins and interest rates and have this pure insight driven product approach how how, how can you share any like learnings how to bring the movement into uh, someone like a bank? Or okay, so, there okay. for the audience, I have to say, we did not script this question, but I have to say, you just nailed yeah. one of the hardest areas because, uh, so and I, uh, my personal experience, when I joined the bank, the focus was on the products. And so when we created customer journey, uh, whole concept, we actually created catalog of customer journeys, we reduced number by about 50%, then created link with the products, which highlighted the fact that we've got maybe uh, too many products uh, and uh, efficient, not efficient. Uh, if customer goes through customer journey, they judge by, based on the experience of customer journey. When bank looks at profitability, they look at product and product profitability yeah. so it's very painful exercise but super 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 important uh, and we've been through this exercise yeah. and now we are going to the next level we're actually combining both it, it, it creates complexity in terms of metrics but it creates full visibility uh, it also links with nps net promoter score it, it gives you full visibility yeah. of what customers experience and versus what we offer. Yep. And we even went one step further. We're actually changing our data platform to record customer experience so we can replay it and analyze. And yep. everyone now talks about artificial intelligence, chat DPT and everything else. It's all good, but it can only work if we record this structured data. So we, are, we have managed to get to the point we'll start recording structured data so we can make artificial intelligence 
efficient. And then when hyper-personalization kicks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's actually also what you think I show in your in your annual report as part of like your one seller strategy, right? That you have. Um, I actually don't know where that cycle begins, but um, in, uh, uh, so so, so uh, cycle oh, cycle doesn't have beginning and ending. Cycle is three year cycle. Yeah. We experiment. We are, uh, we do a feedback yeah. loop. We learn. We improve. It never stops. It's like a wheel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, if I just describe it for the listener, I basically, uh, let's say there's a, a positive impact on the customer journey. So it's a very customer journey, uh, I think, uh, driven. That means uh, um, if, if you are good with that, then you also will make uh, some profit out of that, which you can then invest in the best people, have analytics platforms to actually um, also make sense of the data. And then that will in turn again improve the customer journey. So I, I think that was an interesting uh, circle that uh, I saw there in, in your reports. And we also um, employ another technique called uh, yeah. A and B testing. So in this situation, we sometimes deploy yeah. more than one customer journey and we monitor traffic, we monitor experience yeah. and let customers decide which one is better. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so you took something also from the FinTech playbook there, right? <laughs> I think that are good learnings for the banks to, to take that. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to mention like a specific um, op uh, project or initiative that, that you're currently focusing on? Uh, you mentioned Fabric, for example, or is it uh, that you're steering? So, so Fabric, no, of, Fabric, yeah. Fabric is a good one. So um, don't know how much time we've got, but Fabric is a very good one because it was started originally in uh, uh, Italy in terms of PSD2 and creating uh, plumbing for, for the industry. But now we're doing like, I don't know, yeah. about 200, 40 to 150 million API calls. So we truly moved to API yeah. economy, but then we're now entering different markets. So in terms of the payments, we even made acquisitions in UK, Judo Pay. Uh, we are building a strong presence in France and Spain. So truly, uh, yeah. uh, truly European uh, presence, but also FinTech district, for example, uh, that we support is a, uh, network or ecosystem right now is about 250 fintechs where we help to uh, grow but also wow. help them to bring these services to the banks we've got and we've got 29 companies uh, then in terms of other projects i think i will go back to data data is the key we're revising our data platform and integration because mm -hmm. everything is based on the data sorting out privacy and then uh, changing architecture to combination of platform and open architecture. So what does it mean? So we've mm -hmm. got a platform, uh, which is co-banking, uh, which is ours, but it can actually take components from others. But interaction with customer journeys and the products is done through API. It's like fully API economy yeah. that is scalable. So we do it internally yeah. and we do it externally. So we just get yeah, ready yeah, no, for the future. I think that's one of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think one of uh, one big success factor is that you're really able to not invent everything in house, but plug in also best best solutions that are out there. There are so many APIs that you could use as a bank, which really are best in class. You don't need to do everything in house all the time, um, but technically you need to be ready for this kind of new uh, world, right? So yeah. We must be ready. We don't have choice. So the the concept of composable yeah. architecture is where it's moving. So there are components that we build and we own. And there are many other components that somebody 
does better than us. So it's a combination of composable architecture and open innovation that will drive us. Because yeah. what we are responsible for is providing good services to the customers and make sure we never betray their trust. Trust is by everything else is yeah. okay, trust is binary. It's either there or it's not. Yeah. And we are, by the way, in top 100 yeah. Yeah. Uh, companies in terms of trust because of this. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And, and um, it's, it's always interesting to talk about all these uh, initiatives um, on like, you know, you lay the foundation in technology, you bring the people with you, um, you, you bring in that customer centric mindset. Uh, but often uh, what's, what's lacking is also the proof that this will actually generate meaningful impact for the company. Um, and uh, what I'm really excited is that uh, Banksella had like two record years uh, looking back. Um, we'll like be the, the third one. Banking income result. Third one is coming. Or oh, the third one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. That's uh, that will be interesting to follow, and um, and also what I saw, for example, not only for the bank but also for the payment system, um, uh, that that has also uh, shown really interesting growth. Um, but also these new business lines that you're just building up, uh, so the open payment and platform services, corporate investment banking, and the technology solutions um, that already brings in uh, revenue of. 70 80 million um according to the latest report and i think that's always of course interesting because i think at the end of the day the, if you want to connect the circle it should bring results it's, uh, right so and that that you can see I think uh, adrian all i can do i can just give you compliments for the homework again because you actually highlighted the facts i told you example where we build something and offer to uh, our competitors. So you mentioned technology business that brings 7080. It's called Centrico. It's fully market-based company. It provides uh, co-banking to us. It provides co-banking to several other banks. And we're happy with this because yeah. if they do good job for them, the level of service that we provide yeah. internally automatically goes up. And this is the whole mentality. And this is exactly why I believe the seller approach to ecosystem and uh, uh, financial services is the future. Not to mention yeah. the amount, because part of my team as well is sustainability and impact. So we actually going yeah. right now yeah. on uh, business impact rating of about 91 with the target 97 and uh, reducing CO2, we've got solar panels everywhere. So. What I see is actually contribution, all quite a lot of this money, profit actually goes back into society. And that creates true yeah. cycle of, remember I, at the beginning I said, uh, health, financial health and uh, physical health and society. And that's yeah. the future of financial services. Instead yeah, of doing traditional transformational role, banking should contribute back to society. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, I think that would, uh, you would need a whole separate episode, of course, on, on the sustainability and impact uh, topics. But I'm, I'm totally with you there. It's, it's uh, one of the most important topics. Yeah, it's super important. And that's how we attract good people. <laughs> Philosophy and yeah. purpose. People yeah, join yeah, us yeah. because I, there is I a purpose. Agree. I can see that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, also looking, looking, uh, looking, uh, at the time, um, after this, after, after the success and, um, and, and all these initiatives that, you know, started at Seller, 
um, maybe for the listeners that are interested in also getting some uh, insights on what we already mentioned it a little bit on, on um, you know, bringing in, going away from pure product and margin thinking more towards the customers. But ultimately, I feel like this can only work uh, if you get real commitment from the top. Uh, there's so many transformation people that are just stuck because they can't reach the higher level of the, of the, of the bank or the company. Um, what would you say to everyone that wants also to, to drive transformation? Um, what are like two or three key success factors that without them it will always fail or something that is a, as a learning that you can share? I think the key here is, uh, uh, is philosophy of the company and making sure uh, it's uh, consistent across all layers. Uh, so it's not bottom-up, it's top-down, uh, or top-down, it's combination. In this case, as I mentioned before, there is a long history and very strong philosophy of contributing to society, for the family and for the company. Uh, and I think this is the core. It attracts good people, and transformation is attracting good people who transform business and IT. And I think this is the key. Very interesting, Andrew. Um, so uh, also, I'm yeah, really excited to see uh, where, where uh, the group and all these initiatives uh, will move forward in the future. Um, so thanks a lot for sharing your insights. I think that was very interesting for our banking and fintech audience. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Adrian, thanks a lot for inviting me. Um, I really appreciate it. Like, uh, and also appreciate not having a strict agenda and just follow the topics or follow the sure. heart. <laughs> exactly. No, super interesting uh, insights. And uh, yeah, um, as I said, thanks, thanks for taking the time. Okay.